okay, hey, we're going into James today. We continue doing that. We're in the middle of James, James chapter 2, and we're looking at verse 14 to the end today. So if you want to follow along, take a look. But here's the thing. My heart for you and for me both is that we would have lots of good works. I just hope that you and I are just overflow with good works. Um, boy, that's the heart for my body. It's the body of Christ. It's the heart for me. It's heart that we look at, and I get to see a lot of it. I would affirm that we get to see it in our church. It's so cool. But I also need, with that, to make sure that we're, we understand what works are and we understand what faith is, and particularly we're talking today about faith. Faith that works. So, so here's the thing. Maybe you've heard this. Maybe you've heard faith alone. You heard that? Because we're saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ. Maybe you've also heard that faith alone, faith that saves is never alone. And we put them together and we say this. Faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. Have you heard that? So it's this idea that um, we're saved by trusting Jesus only. But trusting Jesus means that good things come out of you. That's a two great truths. But I want to change something this morning. I want to try and break something down for you. And it's not in the two great statements that I just gave you, that faith alone or the faith that saves is never alone. It's in how I put it together. I put it together with the word, but. Did you hear me? Faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. Why the but? The but is because of me. I'm imposing my understanding on that text, on that thought. Boy, you might take faith alone and go too far. So let me get in, but make sure you get to work. I would plead with you this morning. I think you will well be on the well in the way to living a vibrant Christian life if you could replace the but with an and. Faith alone, and faith reveals itself. Faith alone, and the faith that saves is never alone. You see, the and isn't a statement of, oh no, maybe your faith isn't real. It's a statement of assurance, of joy, of, of actual saying, hey, I'm alive, and it's going to show. Instead of, uh, I, I'm alive, maybe. Those are very different things, and they lead to very different paths. And I want to show you today from James, which is the passage everybody works on, and this passage is particularly we're going to look at and see the heart of James, the heart of God for you and me, that you and I could be excitedly about saying, hey, my faith is alive. It's going to show. So let me show you that from the text this morning. I've called it Feet That Move because the whole thought, I think, from James is you're alive if you believe in Jesus. If you really trust Jesus, you're alive. Guess what live people do? They move. So we've got feet that move. And I like the on the bulletin better because it's a picture of dancing. <laughs> we've been talking in men's morning about perichoresis, which is the dance of the Trinity. And we get pulled, we do, who are alive, into the dance of life by faith in Christ. Let me show you. From James. First, I want to just see. These are basic statements, but we'll see them from James and we'll make them come alive. That faith doesn't save. Don't get mad at me. Because I just said faith alone. Faith is only that saves us. But let's look at what James says in James chapter 2, verse 14. Here it is. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Okay. 
pretty interesting, and, 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 and this is our start, and we're in the middle. And remember as we start that we're coming off of the statement in verse 13, and you can go back and look if you want to, that mercy triumphs over judgment. So James isn't sort of trying to do something new here. He's saying, no, mercy is Jesus Christ is all there is. But then he says this. Famous section, very important. And I, and I just want to say, um, Greek has no punctuation marks. It has a few, but not quotation marks. Because I think that if it had quotation marks, James would have put some quotation marks around part of this, right? Because he says, hey, what good is that, my brother, if someone says he has faith? The idea is he's saying it, but he doesn't do anything. There's no impact. Can that, and this is where I put, it, put quotes, can that faith save him? Like, it's not really faith, right? Let me do a silly example for you. Okay, you guys, repeat after me. I don't know if you've heard this phrase before. I hope you haven't. Azazi nangamba. Try it. Azazi nangamba. Try it one more time. Azazi nangamba. Okay, everybody in here that just said that said, you love Jesus. That's so cool. You're obviously going to heaven. Because you said these syllables that you didn't understand. How stupid would that be if I said that, right? It would be like magic. We don't believe in magic. If you say syllables you don't understand, you're going to heaven. No. This is what James is saying. He's saying you can just say faith, and I say the word faith, and I'm going to heaven. No, that's not going to work, right? James says no way. I can't just repeat some statement I don't even understand and think that somehow I'm saved. Right? You can't just say it. There's no such thing as faith that doesn't change anything about you, your viewpoint, nothing. So that kind of faith doesn't save. And then James gives this example. He says that if a brother or a sister, in verse 15, is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things they need for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. Okay, be a little careful as you read this. This is an example. He's making a simile, it's called, right? There's a metaphor. And people mix the metaphor and they get it mixed up. It's not if you have faith, you're feeding the poor. That's not his metaphor. You have faith, you're, you're clothing someone. That's not the metaphor. The metaphor is this. If someone comes to your door and you've got a huge plate of sandwiches standing here and you're munching on them, and somebody says, oh, I'm so hungry, and you say to them, oh, I, I so want you to have a sandwich. Oh, goodbye, and you shut the door. Did you really want them to have a sandwich? No, you did not. Right? That's what he's saying. Someone says you have faith, but that actually nothing changed in your viewpoint, then it wasn't faith. That's what he's saying. So James isn't saying real faith gives clothing to the poor, though it might. He's, he's saying that to say that you trust in Christ and then not to have any trust in Christ doesn't work. It's like, no duh, right? Do you trust that Jesus actually died for you? Or do you say that you trust that, but then you rely on your own strength and your own effort to get ahead? I used to do this. I was reminded in our study that Alan led us through that so good. And, and it kind of that I used to be this way. I used to think a lot. I'd go to the end of the day, and I would actually think of the things I'd done wrong, and I'd feel so bad, and I'd make a pact with God. I'd say, you know what? I'm going to try doubly hard tomorrow, God. What was I doing? I was trying to avert his displeasure at the fact that I'd messed up today. 
And by pledging that I would do better tomorrow, I was making it about my effort. I was making God's perspective of me about the effort that I made. That's the opposite of trusting in Christ. Trusting in Christ means you're trusting in his righteousness for you, his death for you, his blood for you. He paid it all. I was there. That's what James is talking about. I just... And, and I just want to point out, I just want to point out, in verse 17, it says, also, also, faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, it's dead. He doesn't say it's, it's a lie, or it's false, or it's misguided. He says it's dead. Why? Because kind of the issue is life, right? The issue for your life is, are you alive? Has something actually happened where you're alive? And how did you get alive? And the, the, the statement of our church in the gospel is that life comes through new birth in Jesus Christ as you believe in him. You're trusting in him. This is what it is. So trusting Jesus, you know, it's not mouthing words with no meaning. Trusting Jesus is believing what he said, having a relationship with him as a living savior. This is what we're after. So faith doesn't save, but trusting Jesus is where it's at. Okay, so that's the first one. And then there's the next one. It's not only faith, said like syllables, doesn't work, but works. Again, I don't think I'm, I think kind of I'm talking to the choir, but I want to make sure you see this and understand that it's from James. James's flow. So look at what James says. <clears throat> Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Hey, stop. Just think right here about what James is doing. He's not saying... Someone will say, you have works and I have faith. I.e., someone saying, well, faith, I don't need to do anything. That's not what he's saying, huh? He's doing the opposite. He's saying, someone will come and say to you, I don't care about that mamby-pamby faith you have. I don't care about all that stuff you talk about believing. Where it's at is works. And I'll tell you what, if you just go and you feed the poor and you, you be a social justice warrior and you work for, for good in the society and you do those things, it doesn't matter what you believe. I'm telling you, you're going to heaven because that's where it's at if you do these things. We know that's not going to help you, right? You know the Bible's really clear about saying that by works of the law, no one goes to heaven. No one's justified in the sight of God by those things. But but he said, some people will say, hey, you know, all this talking about this Jesus stuff, just put that aside and just do the right thing. And therefore, so James says, well, someone will say to you that. James says, no way. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You see what he does? This is really important. He says, he says you cannot divide these things. You can't divide out good works. You can't divide out the stuff, the good that you do, and separate it from your trust in Jesus. They're one thing, this works of trust and trust together. They're indivisible. They're two things that go together. Why? Because the actual things that you do have to flow out of you trusting Jesus. Or they're not valuable. So James says you can't break it, right? Work alone is nothing, and that's kind of obvious. And trusting Jesus means you're actually alive. Your viewpoint changes. You're not trying to be alive. You're not doing works to stay alive. You're not making sure that you do things in order that you get your daily life. You're just alive. So, so, so to say faith works, of course it works. But you really can't go the other way. 
You can't, it doesn't even make sense in English, but I'll say it anyway. You can't say work faiths. No such thing as work faiths. There's all sorts of people all over our culture doing lots of work, and it doesn't faith. You can't go that way. James isn't making the case, honestly, that many of us, some of us anyway, want to make, and in my flesh I want to make this case, and I think I even want to use James for it, but it doesn't work. It's not what James is saying. People want to make this case. There's a balance. There's a balance. You know, you need to trust God and you need to obey God. Like those are two separate things. So, you know, you have your trust, that's fine. Blah, mamby pamby faith. I've got my obedience. That's not what James is doing, is he? I mean, trust is fine, but you have to obey. Some people said, because I think their focus sometimes is God is after the obedience. And what they really mean is not obedience being trust, but obedience being behavior, obedience being things that I can see you do. And so what God really wants in their mind is the things for you to do. And so note closely what he actually says. I will show you my faith by what I do. See, the most incredible, important thing in my life is my trust in Jesus. And I want you to see my trust in Jesus. And I believe you will see my trust in Jesus if I really trust him. That's what James is saying. He's not using works to evaluate the faith. He's not... I'm I'm kind of making the case or trying to for you that it's a one-way street. There's cars going down the one-way street, but our bent is to kind of try and go back up the one-way street, swerving to avoid the rest of the cars. I so want to see if you really have faith by how much you've done. That's not what James is doing. Why? why? Well, why is this important? Because, Because if you have the and in there, faith works and it shows, then it's an encouragement to you. If you trust Jesus, it'll show. But if I try and drive up the other way, I start to introduce fear into your life. Fear and control. What am I doing? Saying stuff like this, I don't really think, are you really a Christian? Have you really done enough? Yeah, I'm looking at you. No, I'm looking at you. No, I'm looking at me. Have you really done enough for God? You know what the answer is always going to be? No. And always someone will use that for control over you to try and get you to do behavior instead of saying, do you really just trust Jesus? Because he's life to you. You're free. That, that's the problem. And, and don't miss that the source of new life, it isn't work. The source isn't change. The source is faith in Jesus. And, and not just some generic faith in God, right? Because that's all over. And James says that. That's what he says. He goes here. He says in verse 19, If you believe, God is one. Oh, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. That, that's not a statement to get to work. James is in a culture, right? His culture. He's, James is the head of the church in Jerusalem. That's where he is. He's surrounded by people who are devout Jews. They know the Shema. The Shema is the Lord God is one. The statement of God being one, and then you follow the law. And James comes and says, wait a minute, that's not true. Wait a minute, it's not about just believing that God is is existent. The demons believe God is existent. It's what you believe about Jesus Christ, right? 
trusting Jesus Christ. The demons don't trust in Jesus Christ. The demons don't even know his plan. The demons don't even know what he's done. They don't understand. They're still fighting Jesus. What are you talking about? It's not about believing God is one. It's believing and trusting in Jesus Christ. That's my salvation. Isn't that yours? That's where he goes. This is what makes you and me alive, not believing God is one, but trusting in Jesus, and so I'm alive. And, and with that, James pulls us to this reality that you and I live in every day, and it shapes how we think, and therefore it bears much work and fruit among us. It's this, and it's simple, but it's true, that trust in Jesus saves. You do get that, right? Trust in Jesus is what saves you. He gives these examples. Get them. They're really strategic examples. Here he goes. He says, do you want to be shown, oh, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? So do you want to be shown? Do I need to show you that simply mouthing the phrase doesn't do anything, that actually life reveals itself? And if you believe in Jesus, it's going to get revealed? Like somehow you think it won't? If you actually trust in Jesus, you don't just mouth a phrase you don't understand. But if you trust in Jesus Christ, what's going to come is that that's going to show in your life. Let me give you some examples, says James. And he picks two strategically. The first one's Abraham. He says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You understand the scene, right? The scene is there in Genesis 22, where, um, where God told Abraham to go sacrifice his son Isaac. And so, and so what he did was he took wood and he put it on Isaac to carry and he got fire and a knife and they went to the mountain where he was going to sacrifice Isaac and Isaac says to his dad he says Isaac says dad um I see the knife I I see the fire but where's the lamb for the burnt offering and Abraham says to his son he says God will provide for himself a lamb that's the scene that he's talking about and 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 the whole point of James says that's an example of what trusting God Look, he, tr- he really trusted God that revealed there. But he's quoting something back there. It was that he, Abraham believed God and it was called him his righteousness. All the way back in, in, in Genesis 17, it said that. So all that time, Abraham believed in God. It was counted to his righteousness. He didn't not have his faith. He didn't not be saved. None of that. But all five, six chapters later, you get something that actually reveals it. And James says, look, look, it showed. Abraham did a lot of other things, you know including things like lying about his wife, whether or not he was married to her in between that time. Including things like, you you would say, wait a minute, I'm not sure that's an example of really good Christian living. All James says is this, eventually, you know what happened? The reality that he really did trust God, it got revealed. It did, in that way. And don't get caught on this word justified there because people say, oh, justified by works. Look, you're justified by works. No, you're justified by faith. But that faith reveals itself. That's all James is saying. It shows itself. Faith shows eventually somewhere. Take it to the bank. That's why James says, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. He's saying that Abraham really trusted God. That's not a very difficult concept, really. It's not different than Paul saying you're saved by faith alone because James is putting 
quote marks, right, around that faith alone. You see that a person is just by works, and not by faith alone, not by just words, by it being a reality in their heart. It's all that matters from the great patriarch of the Bible to the very lowest of the low, because that's his next example. It's Rahab. Remember Rahab, right? He says, and in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. That's a scene from Joshua 2. I'm sure you remember it. The, the spies are coming in to, 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 to look at the promised land and to, to, to scout out what's ahead of them as the Lord's promised them this land. They're finally coming in. And so these scouts come in and they go and they come up to Rahab's house and the king's looking to get them and, and, and Rahab hides them and sends them away. And James says, hey, look, the Rahab the prostitute was justified by works when she re- received the messenger. says, look, her trust in God, if you, if you actually look what happened there, she comes up to the spies in Joshua 2, and she says to them, I know the Lord has given you this land, she says to them. Our hearts have melted, and the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. It's a statement of faith. And that statement of faith was real. And she acted on it, huh? These acted because they had faith, not to get faith, not to be able to believe. Like some people say, you need to do something in order order to believe. No, they believed. They revealed faith. They didn't produce it. They had favor. They didn't didn't get it. And, And this is the point. Life. They were really alive because they trusted, right? Are you alive or aren't you? These are really critical examples. James isn't pulling them out of a hat and go, oh, I just thought of this and I thought of... He's strategically bringing you two examples. Think about them with me for a minute. This is important for you. Abraham and Rahab. They are both, what? Outside the law, right? They are both outside the law. The law was given, this great law was given to, to, to the people of Israel on Mount Sinai. It, it happened in Exodus in chapter 18, 19, 20. Abraham lived 500 years before that, 600 years before that. Hundreds of years before the law came, there's Abraham. He's outside the law. There's no law for him to keep in order to show him he's faithful. There's nothing. There's only was he trusting God. And then he, he looked at this action that he had that trusted God and had nothing to do with law keeping. And then, and, then, and then there's Rahab. Rahab the Canaanite prostitute. Canaanite, Gentile, outside the law. They were coming in to take the land away from them. She's not doing the law to show she's okay for God. She's not doing it to show she's trusting God. She's outside the law. And her action is one just of a heart that trusts God. Right? They didn't show their moral uprightness. They trusted. They acted on trust. They can't be evaluated by moral standing. They can't be evaluated by rule keeping. They can't be evaluated in those ways. They are evaluated only on the idea of, are they trusting God? Same, right, by the way, for the high and the low. For, I mean, you say that to the Jew, man, that Abraham, he's the start of it all. The thousands of grains of sand on the ocean, the number of people our father Abraham was blessed with. And then you have Rahab, who's, who's part of a pagan culture. And the path for them is the same path. 
the same. Do you trust? And this is one of the reasons, and we need to chew on this, you need to take it in, one of the reasons that we can't use some code to judge people's faith. Can we? Because their works were different, right? Weren't their works different? God didn't tell Abraham, you go hide the spies. God didn't tell Rahab, go sacrifice your son. Those are two different things that they were doing. And the things that it was revealing was one thing. What was the one thing again? That they trusted God. What do you have? You and I have this faith. But faith isn't something we say. Faith is a reality. I say, I trust in Jesus Christ. I trust that he died for me. I trust that he covered me and gives me his righteousness. I trust that. And with that, your very view of life changes. And and what's going to come out of that are deeds that reflect that trust. I won't be able to come and nitpick you about the different things you're not doing because you might not do a lot of things. But somewhere there's going to come something out that reveals the reality of trust. That's, that's what he's saying. What does it look like? I tried to come up with a couple of these. So let me, let me just go say, say this. Say that you really trust in Jesus. Let's just take it as a given. You trust in Jesus, but you've been given a desire that you really love fishing. Man, I love fishing. Okay, you know I'm not talking about myself because I really don't like fishing. Okay, sorry. But there it is. So you have that. And so every third Sunday of the month, because the best fishing is really early in the morning, so you hop on your boat, and you hold on, and you go out, and you go fishing. And somebody comes up to you and says, I don't know, brother. James 2. Just not sure your faith is working. Because you're not following Hebrews 10, which says don't forsake meeting together. And I saw you've been missing some Sundays. I just think you should examine yourself. Do you really have faith? Do, do, do you see what I'm doing with um, James 2 in that case? I'm using it as a lever to try and control you to put doubt into your life about your faith. I don't know anything about that person and what they're doing. The reality is if I told you this person actually already told you that he trusted Jesus, he's done. If you're trusting Jesus, what's going to come? Trust but let me fill it out for you just so you see. So your person, that person goes out, he trusts Jesus, he goes out, and as the sun's rising in the dawn on that Sunday morning, he's praising God for the wonder of what he's made. He's fishing, he catches a big fish, he goes, oh Lord, you're so good to me. And as he's driving and he sees a boat that's out of gas and he goes over and he helps somebody and talks to him about Jesus and I'm so excited by this beautiful day that Jesus has made. And then he gets back to the dock and there he is, he's walking with this big fish and there's some guy there that looks really hungry and he gives him the fish. Oh, God's given me anything. Everything I have, and I just want you to have this. And off he goes on and still on his way. Do you think maybe that guy had some actions that reflected the trust that he has in Jesus? Yeah! I just don't know these things, right? We really want to put other people in a box. It's a box of control. We make excuses like it's God's box. But really, it's not God's box. And James is saying that to you. The box that God has is one. It's do you trust in Jesus? 
you got to answer that box. You've got to. That's the question of your life. We will make that distinction till we're blue in the face. Real trust in Jesus. You've got to have it. It's the trust of your life to receive the gift of the blood of Christ that covers your sin. It's all that you have. But out of that, you know, if you're alive, it's like this. It's like, hey, if it's not, the body apart from the spirit is dead. Faith apart from works is dead. I'm telling you, I can lay a body out. I can make it kind of, I can rose up the cheeks. So it looks like it's perfused. I can tie fishing line to the legs and stand back with pulleys and make the legs move. But it's not alive. If that person trusts in Jesus, he's saying that's what life is. And what's going to come out of it is your feet will start to move. Well, how would they move, Dax? I don't know. It's different for different people. But it reflects a single thing. Trusting in the finished work of Jesus. That's what we're after. Say, say it's a silly example, but say I really, really love Swedish people. And I decide I want to be Swedish. I'm not. I don't have a drop of Swedish in me that I know of. My sister-in-law is Swedish. She's cool. But, but here, here, I want to be Swedish. And so this is what I do. I think, you know, Swedish people have blonde hair. So I get my, my blonde, I blonde it up. Man, I'm handsome. And then, I, you know, f- Swedish people, they, they do, um, I don't know if you know, but a big Swedish thing is fikas. I don't know if you know what a fika is, but a fika is a little bit like afternoon tea. But kind of about 2, 2 p.m. or so, they take a break. And they have a little cup of coffee, and they have this really cool sweet thing. What, then it varies, you know, whatever it is, and you have it. So I go, and I go to the coffee shop, and I get my little coffee, and I get my little thing, and I have my blonde hair. And, and I t- snap a little selfie. And I put on Facebook, look, I'm Swedish. There I go. Swedish. What's the problem? Well, it's not just that it's unsustainable. I, I, it's unsustainable. That was a picture. It's also that it's offensive. I'm not Swedish. Who am I to think that dyeing my head blonde and drinking some coffee makes me Swedish? That offends real Swedish people. And I'm lying. I don't have a drop of Swedish in me. Well, that's a problem. What's the problem? How do I actually, how do I actually get to be Swedish? Here's the thing. What if I'm born Swedish? That would be very helpful. Because then I would have a Swedish DNA. Then when I spoke to people, I'd speak as a person who was Swedish. Then when I slept, I'd be sleeping as a person who was Swedish. Then everything I do is because I'm Swedish. I, I see other Swedish people. Hey, you're from where I'm from. That's the thing, right? That's the thing we believe is I believe I died and and I live now. I've been made new. I've been made new where? In Christ. I have a new family. I have a new thinking. I have a new way. Why? Because I'm just, yeah, that's who I am. I see you now and I see family. I know I hate some of my family members too. You can hate me. But, but, But it's that new shift in thinking, right? And so I think I can love people and I can act and I can talk about how cool Jesus is and and, and I can encourage you to read your Bible because you want to find out about Jesus because he's awesome. Don't you think he's awesome too? Let me show you some cool ways in Matthew 12. Not everybody wants to do that, but I do. You may have another way that you get excited about Christ. But you're excited about Christ. Because it's about being alive. It's not about faking it by acting like you are and trying so hard to keep that up for so long. It's about actually changing, saying, you know what, I'm alive. And out of that are going to come cool things that I want to do. Go for it. This is the message of James. And, and, and from Martin Luther, just to quote similarly, he says, faith is not what some people think it is. They think that when you're 
When you hear the gospel, you start working, creating by your own strength a thankful heart which says, I believe. This is what they think true faith is. Instead, faith is God's work in us that changes us and gives new birth from God. So hear me this morning. Faith works. Of course it does. Just like if you're alive, you breathe. It's the measuring of that works that we have trouble with. And and so I want to end with fear and love for a minute, just so you hear this. Because it's how you apply and think about this rightly, I believe. So many have taken the concept and twisted it. They want this concept of faith working, meaning, meaning not new life like we think it is, but turn it around and make it a measuring stick. And when you do that, you actually don't trust Jesus. You don't trust that Jesus makes people alive. Because whenever it sneaks in, right, and it sneaks in, I deal with this myself. I'm sure you do too. Have I done enough? It sneaks in, and probably more common, have they done enough? And I always part of the Barbos, so I'm pointing somewhere else. You guys, poor Barbos. Have you done enough? Have you done enough? Oh, have they? Look at them. Have they done enough? Are they really saved? I mean, have you thought about what they said yesterday in the playground? Whatever it is. What, do I, what am I doing? I'm injecting doubt, right? I'm saying I really, I really think that they, they ought to think again about if they really are. And I, I just think James is actually going the other way, saying really trusting means you will. Let me show you my faith by what I do because faith is all that matters. And if it's real, it'll show. That's, so it's not to say to you and I that we don't encourage people, we don't exhort people, we don't help each other out of sin. There's simply no measurement in it. Mercy triumphs over judgment is where he's coming from, which is Christ alone. It's trusting that Jesus paid it all forever, right? Your identity isn't your righteous living anyway. It's trusting in the righteousness of Christ. So I don't make myself alive. Trusting in Jesus makes me alive. And so I do I do life. I'm going to end there except to say this. This is the thing for you and me is fear operates out of trying to inject doubt in other people, out of saying, are you doing enough to prove you're alive? Are you doing enough to prove that you really are alive? Love operates the other way. It says, I'm amazed that I've been made alive. And the the reality of your life and my life is that we have been made alive. Therefore, we can encourage each other that though you may have difficulty seeing this moment, I trust beyond the shadow of a doubt that with your real trust in Jesus, what will come out is it will show. You may have sin here and sin there and imperfection over there, but somewhere in your life there will be a flower, and it will be a beautiful flower, and it may be one you have trouble seeing. It's okay. If you, if you really say, this is where I am, I trust Jesus. That's where life is. That's our mark, and and, and that's where we live. We have been united to Christ. We've been put into the dance. We've been given life. We've been made family. We've been made new. Live it. Let's pray.